day 118. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So for those of you who haven't been with us, um, just a little recap. We're in the book of Job. We're almost, yeah, we're a little over halfway through. Um, and so basically it's this guy, Job. you know, he's a righteous man. He does what's right in the sight of the Lord. And basically Satan comes to God and says, yo, God, the only reason why Job is faithful to you is because you gave him everything, right? And Job is rich. He has children. He got a nice crib. He got the whole nine. And Satan is like, yo, that's the only reason why he served you. So in other words, he assaults the character of God and basically says, you're not lovely inning of yourself, right? Strings have to be attached for people to serve you. And so what God does and says, you know what? I'm going to test Job, right? So he allows Satan to take things from Job. And now, after all of the, every single thing has been taken from Job, his kids, his money, his, his cattle, like his wealth, everything. And he even gets afflicted in his body. And then he has his friends come on the scene. So his friends come on the scene. And we remember, if we remember from a few episodes ago, his friends come and they just talking, right? And they're not helpful, right? And so because his friends aren't helpful, because he's lost everything, guess what? Job isn't hopeful, right? And so over and over and over, we're going to see him say things that we say, oh, man, Job, that's good, man. That's that's great. That's a great perspective to have. And then the next minute, he's going to say something that you're like, what? Right? And so Job is just basically on this emotional and spiritual roller coaster talking back and forth with his friends. And that's where we are today. Now, so Job 25, we're coming up on the third and final set of speeches for the book of Job, right? So there's this three sets of speeches, and we're in the third set. Now we're back at the top. So back with the first friend, Bildad, and he comes to his final speech, and finally, it seems as if his friends are tired of talking, right? Thank God, right? So in 25, this is the shortest chapter, the shortest speech of any of the friends, and Bildad looks like he's just, all right, I mean, I'm just starting to get out of breath, and he says a bunch of stuff, but in verse 4, he says something really pertinent that I want to get at. He says this in 25.4. He says, yo, how can a human be justified before God? How can one born of a woman be pure? So he starts off this chapter talking about the majesty of God, the greatness of God, you know, who has dominion, who's high, who's lofty, yada, yada, he's glorious, and shortly after, he brings up this verse, and he says something interesting. He talks about one being born of a woman. Now, mind you, one of the biggest questions the Bible wants to answer is this. How can sinful man come before a righteous, holy, and perfect God? Right? And so, for Bildad, he brings this idea up, right? And he says, yo, how can one born of a woman be pure? Why does he say that? Well, it's this concept in the Bible called original sin. And original sin is this, that Adam was in the garden. God tested him. He sinned. He sinned. And because because he sinned, God cursed the ground. And he said, yo, dust to dust. So now every single person that is born, every single person that comes out of a womb, and that's everybody, 
is born in sin. And every single person on earth that has come out of woman that is born in sin needs someone to make them righteous. So Jesus comes thousands of years later as the second Adam. He is the only righteous and perfect one. He's not he's born of a virgin. Why? Because it goes to show you he doesn't have the nature of Adam. He is the son of God. He's not the son of a physical man. He comes, takes our sin at the cross, and by faith in him, we get his righteousness. So God solves the problem of how sinful man can be righteous before God. Now, Bill that asks that here, and it kind of leaves us with a cliffhanger because it's like, it's not answered here, right? But we know the story, so we know how it's answered. So he says that before Job, and Job has to respond. So in 26, Job starts off with a few sarcastic statements. Now, I'm not saying the Bible says be petty, but Job was a little petty. So he says, yo, how have you... How you have helped the powerless and delivered the arm that is weak. How you have counseled the unwise and abundantly provided insight, right? He's being sarcastic. He's being sarcastic. I don't like sarcasm. Personally, it's just not my cup of tea. But Job is on that, right? And so after a very brief pushback, though, really weird, on what Bildad says, we have Job come through. And he begins to anticipate the end of the book. So at the end of the book, God is actually going to come. God ain't saying that all this time. But God is going to come and he's going to talk to Job, right? So he begins to anticipate um, that. And so here, he, he begins to talk about, you know, God's perspective. And he starts to shift. And he's like, yo, God can see things we can't. He sees things from all angles. You know, shoulders open before him. Like the pit, all these things are open before him. He can see it. He's God. He has a different perspective than all of us. Good. Now, that should be a comfort to us. Side point. But then Job just says, yo, he says, these are but the fringes of his ways, right? How faint is the word we hear of him? Who can understand his mighty thunder? In other words, Job gets at the incomprehensibility of God. It's this idea that God ultimately is incomprehensible. We can know nothing about God except that which he reveals uh, of himself to us. He is infinite. He, he extends all thought categories, right? Now, Job saying that is saying yo everything i just explained about god that's just the tip of the iceberg right he understands that this is the fringes of his ways and it takes an eternity to exhaust him right in his work so job says that and that's like yo remarkable he's suffering going through all that and he's he's spitting some that's heat facts then we turn to job 27 and here we have job continuing now to speak of the unjust ways he feels as if god has dealt with him and that's like, like what? Plot twist, right? But we got to remember, Job is on a spiritual and emotional roller coaster right now. He says, yo, as God lives, who has deprived me of justice and the almighty who has made me bitter. But you just talked about how great he was, Job. And it's just, yo, we just have to pause and remember that when we're suffering or when others are suffering, we have to remember that they're going to say some things that may seem incoherent and we have to have grace for that now so side point have grace for your friends who say stuff yeah incoherently now job 27 comes uh the, the the right after that job says yo i will never affirm that you are right i will maintain this is verse 5 of, of chapter 27 i will maintain my integrity until i die i will cling to my righteousness and never let it go my conscience will not accuse me as long as I live. One of the things, <clears throat> one of the ways actually, we can suffer faithfully in this life is to, in, 
and suffering is coming. Let me just say that suffering is coming or uh, you've been in it before. Right. One of the ways we can suffer faithfully in this life is to keep our integrity intact when it comes and to continue to pursue holiness, even when life is horrible. In other words, the human one of the biggest human temptations is that when things start to get rough, when adversity begins to hit you in the mouth, humans, you know what they do? We tend to take that as a license to do whatever we want. You know why? Because you know what we say? We say, yo, things are already as bad as they could possibly be. I can't make nothing worse. So we just go and sin and do what we want. Start wilding. Or we say, um, I've been doing all the right things. Ain't nothing. It ain't paying off. So guess what? I'm a wild out and just do what I want. Right. And this is what the, so much of the Bible says. The Bible is so human, dog. Psalm 73 talks about this. And I think it's David. And it says, yo, did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? He's talking about suffering. He's talking about the fate of the wicked. All of these things that come up in Job. And he's like, yo, did I do all that for nothing? Right? And But that's how we tend to think. So for Job to say this here, that he's going to, you know, maintain his integrity. He's going to cling to his righteousness. That is very commendable. Right? And that is something we should aspire to. Holiness, even when life it's horrible. Now, Job 28, one of my favorite chapters. So he comes up and finally, Job's still chatting. He's still talking. Finally, he comes through with what has been called this wisdom chapter or the wisdom hymn. And in, in fantastic poetry and vivid imagery, he goes on and on about what can be found on earth and what can be mined therein as well. So he talks about in verse two, iron is taken from the ground. Verse five, food may come from the earth. Verse nine, the miner uses a flint tool and turns up ore from the root of the mountain. So he uses all these analogies of things in the world around him that were of supreme value. And they, with the right tools, with the right amount of technology, with the right insight, with where to look and where to find, you could get your hands on something that is valuable or even wealth itself. You could get your hands on many and much valuable things. But you know what he says? He says this in verse 12, but where can wisdom be found? And where is understanding located? No one can know its value since it cannot be found in the land of the living. These two verses serve as the climax for what came before and the turning point of what follows. But what Job is ultimately getting at is this. Despite man's technical and innovative experience, none of those things can give us what uh, none of those things can give us wisdom and understanding. And you know what Job needs now more than anything? Wisdom. Wisdom. The bottom of his life is falling out and you know what he needs. He doesn't need wealth. He doesn't need money. He doesn't need anything but wisdom. And that's what this book is trying to show us that wisdom, and it'll say it, and Job will say it in 28, we, not that we can't even buy wisdom, but we need it. We need it more than anything. More than all the money in the world, more than all the niceties of life, we need wisdom. We need understanding. It's of supreme value. That's why he's contrasting it with all of these things of value. And what he's saying is the wisdom, the specific kind of wisdom that we need 
is not necessarily found digging in the dirt. But where is it found? Verse 23. But God, he says, but God, amen. But God understands the way to wisdom and he knows its location. Where is its location? Verse 28. He said to mankind, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn from evil is understanding. One of the things that the wisdom literature is going to get at over and over and over again is this concept of the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is this, this reverence, this holy and right reverence and respect and awe of God that we live. But because, because of that respect, fear and awe of God, we live in uh, obedience to God in all areas of our lives. And we turn from that, which is displeasing to him in all areas of our lives. God gives to man what man could never find on his own. And it's simple. He says, yo, fear him, obey him, and turn from that which displeases him. May God give us grace to do the same. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us to remember that the fear of Lord, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn from evil, that is understanding. Help us to fear you today and thereby walk in wisdom even when life doesn't make sense. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>